Hello and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I am Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a gem, or a turd, from cinema's past, and we give it a polishing, or we throw it in the river. Pick your metaphor. We're taking a movie that is well-known, well-loved, or well-hated, and we're giving it a fresh review to see if it deserves the reputation that it has garnered. And this week, we're going to take a look at that classic but extraordinarily subtle film where you really have to pay attention to see what the movie's about. Because they're not just going to spell it out for you on the screen. No, no. They, you have to work on it for years. We are, of course, talking about the ultimate German... Is it the ultimate German expressionist film? Or I is think, it the well, most yeah. well-known German yeah. expressionist film? Okay. That wunderbar movie... See, like German. Nice. Busting out but, the German. Thank you. Metropolis. Uh, Metropolis is the classic black and white German expressionist film uh, released in, uh, I was going to say 1996, <laughs> released in... It was held back for a few years. I have such a bad migraine, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say that right now. If this gets loopy, it's it's the migraine's fault. Uh, released in uh, 1926, directed by Fritz Lang, produced by Erich Palmer. Uh, by the way, uh, these German names are going to get butchered mercilessly. And if I do a bad job, I may throw over to Steve, who may also butcher them just as badly. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Screenplay by Thea van Harbauer. And Fritz Lang, who goes uncredited, but apparently he worked on it as well. Based on Metropolis, also by Thea von Harbaugh. Starring <laughs> Alfred Abel, Bridget Helm, Gustav Hrolich, Rudolf Kleinrogue, Gottfried... Oh, God. Gottfried Huppertz. Huppertz? Who <laughs> sure. Huppertz. Whatever. Cinematography by Carl Freund. Gunther Wittau, oh boy, this is just like being in German class all over again. <laughs> Walter Rutman, distributed by UFA and Paramount Pictures in the United States. Um, like I said, it was released in uh, 1927. Um, and, oh, I, fuck it, I'll do this too. Budgeted it at 5,100,000 Reichmarks. Yeah. <laughs> It only brought in seventy five thousand Reichmarts, so its release it was not a uh, it was not a smash hit. It was not a, a a blockbuster, however you say that in German. I don't know. I don't Do know. It's, know pr- it's probably like Blockenbustern or something. <laughs> Blockenbustern. Yeah, yeah. You see Metropolis? No, wait. I don't see it. I like the cabinet of Doctor Caligari better. <laughs> Uh, um, I'm sure everyone has heard of Metropolis. I'm uh, at least if you're a fan of movies, it's been deeply influential, uh, spreading across several different genres of film. So it, it kind of this movie is kind of perfect for us because it is it is one of those those films that um, a lot of people can point to. There's not a whole lot of German expressionist film going on right now. Um, it's not a very active movement yeah unless you don't count tim burton without without german expressionism there would be no tim burton so take that as you will i'm not i'm not here to to uh, destroy tim burton's career 
or make commentary on it. This is not a Tim Burton review. Um, but yeah, he's pretty much the only mainstream practitioner of borrowing heavily from German expressionism. <laughs> Uh, and this, of note, this is the first uh, silent film that we have reviewed. Oh, hey, in this look series. at that. What an honor for Metropolis. Congratulations, yeah. Metropolis. I, I'm fairly certain everyone involved with this film is dead. Yeah. Uh, for a really long time, actually. <laughs> but just in case, Brigitte Helm is still hanging on in some retired actor's home hey, somewhere Brigitte, in Bavaria. Brigitte Helm, if, if you're still alive, give me a call. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll, oh, I'm sure we'll get to that. Oh, oh yeah, we will. Oh, by the way, the um a little bit of the history of Metropolis before we get started. Um there was an American release of of this film that was edited because they had nudity and there were certain themes in it that I guess they felt American audiences wouldn't feel very comfortable with. So the cut that was released in the United States was the one that was prevalent for a long time. And it kind of, the original cut kind of became like a lost film, a lost version of it. Um, And then uh, over the years, as people tried to restore Metropolis, uh, people would find more and more clips. And then finally, I believe in around... Uh, 2008 or so they found a a really badly damaged print of the original in Argentina of all places. I guess some German went to Argentina. I'm not saying Hmm. anything about that, but apparently uh, Somehow it found its way there. They restored the film as best as possible. Uh, Metropolis is only 95% restored. The version that we have reviewed is the 2010 release of uh, of this film. And, um, yeah, I think that, that pretty much covers it, right? Yeah. There's a robot in it for people who've gotten bored and they're like, oh, God, they're going to do a black and white silent film. Like, I'm going to watch that. There's a robot in it. And, Robots! And... Just to keep you young folks interested, titties, oh, titties and robots. That's what? you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna call the people who own Metropolis. I'm gonna say you got to get the young people involved. Rename Metropolis "Titties and Robots," and everyone will go see it. It will be it will be IMDb number one within moments. <laughs> should it be titties and robots, or should it just be called a robot with titties? Robot because with... that works too. <laughs> we should work out whatever the German is of robot with titties, <laughs> and it should be that. Okay, that works for me. Um, Alright, Steve. Robotikun get... mit titties, or something. I, <laughs> I have no idea. I took German. I have no recall. Did you really take German? Yeah, I took German in college, and I have almost no recall. <laughs> okay, number one, it it was called the Maschinenmensch, yeah. which was the machine human. I think I'm saying that correctly. So yeah. it would be Maschinenmensch in Memorizen or something like <laughs> there that. There you go, yeah. Let's do this. Come on, everyone is bored out of their mind. They're just waiting, waiting for the jokes at this movie's yeah. expense. It's bad enough they're talking. Oh, about they're a, coming. Yeah, it's bad enough they're talking about a silent movie. They're not even talking about the movie yet. They've been talking for fifteen minutes. Yeah, or eight well, minutes or whatever. I don't know. This is what time this is, is our. It? I don't know. This uh, is our foreplay. Okay, can this is what we need. All right, we need to have this this little interlude before we get started. All right, you can't just jump right in. 
No, you can't go rampaging yep. towards the the climax of the film. Get yeah. it? I, look, I'm mixing my metaphors. I like that. Anyway, can we fucking start the goddamn plot summary? <laughs> the movie is two and a half hours long or something. <laughs> And there's reading involved. Thankfully, not that much reading, actually. No. There isn't a whole lot. Not a lot of In fact, intertidal. not yeah. as much as I would like, because there are long periods of this movie where people are talking and there's no interjection of the uh, dialogue cards. So yeah. you're pretty much like, oh, what am, what am I missing at this point? <laughs> what the shit are they talking about? <laughs> I have to, you, you expect me to read lips in German? <laughs> this, this isn't happening. All right, ready, and plot summary, ready, go. You do it, Steve. Oh, boy. Okay, well, uh, we are introduced to Metropolis, which is the, the, the titular setting of the film, and it's a city of the future. It's a city that it exists about 100 years in the future from when the movie was made, so like the year what 2026. Year 2026. 2026. That's right. And We're reviewing a movie that's almost 100 years old. <laughs> So again, it, it doesn't really cut against the uh, the feeling that you only like old movies. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like, oh, there we go, old man Jason remembering uh, his youth again. Christ! Now they're reviewing one from the fucking twenties. <laughs> Great. Next week they'll re- be reviewing cave paintings. Right. <laughs> that no, that like that uh, Lumiere Brothers film where it's like just a guy giving a bath to a horse or something. You know? <laughs> This is the greatest film ever made. It's just the first Guy's one. This is giving a bath to a horse. Yeah, or like the or the, the workers leaving the factory. Like, oh, this is great. Um, train pulling into station was a, yeah. another popular one. It's a great film, you mm-hmm. know. Anyway, so this was well beyond that. This was well more oh, okay, advanced yeah. than that. But anyway, so we 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 meet the city. We we are introduced to the city of Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, this is like the worst Superman film ever made. He's not even in it. Yeah. Um, which is fine because he wouldn't even exist yet for thirteen no, years. But anyway, wait, um, yeah, that's right. But, I mean, <laughs> even if he was there, what would Superman have done? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I still to have him beat up that robot, the one with the titties. <laughs> he would have been... Superman versus robot with titties. That's an awesome. That's a movie right there. That's, well, well, don't I, I? I hope that the powers that be at Warner Brothers don't listen to this podcast because it probably will be now. In German, it would be Maschenmensch versus Ubermensch. Maschenmensch versus Ubermensch coming to cinemas 2017. Screw it. You know what? Those are our wrestling personalities now. That's it. I'll be Maschenmensch. Maschenmensch and Ubermensch. That would be perfect. Um... <laughs> so anyway, this, the, here's the deal with with the city of Metropolis. It's right. it's sort of divided in half in the in the lower part of of the city, what are referred to as the depths. That's where the workers live, and they're the ones who run all the machines that make the city go. And they yeah. are under the earth, and then above them, in the beautiful glittering metropolis, the city of the future, uh, is where all the rich people live. The one percenters. The one percenters, exactly. Yeah, down below. Grub people up above, <laughs> rich people. So not at all like our present world. No, um, no. Complete... And by the way, you'll recognize Metropolis because um, it looks exactly like a, everything else that you've seen that is kind of like this. Um, if you've seen Blade Runner, you've seen Metropolis. It, it, yeah. A lot of people borrow design elements from this movie left and right. 
the yeah, absolutely. The the set design of Metropolis is probably the most uh, influential set design of any yeah. film yeah. ever made. Um, so we 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 meet some of the upper class people of Metropolis. Particularly, yeah. we meet uh, who the man who will be the hero of the piece. His name is Freider, and he mm-hmm. is he, the son of the sort of the the leader of the city, the head of the city, the great industrialist who built the city and is kind of the, the boss oh, of the whole place. Where do we meet him again? What was that? Where where do we meet uh, He Isn't he in the... He's in the Eternal Garden. He's in the Pleasure Garden. Yeah, which is the place where all the rich people get to go to, I guess, be filleted by beautiful ladies. That's where the rich boys <laughs> get to go, where they meet the upper-class prostitutes yes. run by the... A cartoonish caricature of a, uh, I mean, of all the guys who look like a pimp, the guy who <laughs> runs the Pleasure Gardens does not look like a pimp. No. kind of looks like an orchestra conductor. Yes. he lo- Or like a, 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 a stereotypical, like, you know, philosophy professor or something. Yeah. yeah white hair and glasses and... Actually, uh, we first meet Freighter uh, winning a marathon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there is that, there's that triumph of the will scene. <laughs> oh where they're racing at the stadium yeah. yeah and of course freighter wins and he's a really good runner and thankfully that comes in later because he he practically i think he runs everywhere he has a car and a driver but freighter seems to run everywhere he goes he's very look he's not like the other rich people we find that out very soon almost immediately yeah, yeah he's not like the others we, well, he suffers from brain problems. Yeah. He he feels empathy. He, he no, he hallucinates his way well, through freaking life. That's true. That's he does, <laughs> yeah. Well, he has including one that we'll we'll get to pretty soon here, a very terrifying yeah, very. hallucination. But yeah, so we, uh, we we he's in the Eternal Garden and he's having a a great old time and chasing a woman around. Chasing women around and then for some reason uh the the door opens and out comes this crowd of little urchin children yeah from from yeah. the depths from the workers city from the worker they're all dirty and yeah they're, they're like little dickensian urchins mm-hmm. and and they're led by this woman this angelic looking woman named mm-hmm. uh, maria and she has sort of brought them up from down below and she says mm-hmm. you know look 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 at your brothers. She's telling yeah. the children, these people that you see here, these are your brothers and sisters, even though they live in a completely different world than you do. You're all part yeah. of the same family. And, and of mm-hmm. course, they're they're immediately sort of rushed out, you know, like the, the orchestra oh, yeah, conductor like, guy. Get them out of here. But not before Freighter, with no words exchanged, is his heart is pierced. <laughs> you can tell this because he grasps his heart as soon as he sees Maria. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> I was joking at the beginning of this when I said this movie is subtle. It's not. Subtle. Not so much. No, it, it it hits you with it hits you with things. With, it, basically, it's a <laughs> it's a a, a brick uh, surrounded by a pantyhose. That's how hard it hits you <laughs> with its points. <laughs> it is, <laughs> they want to make sure you understand what's going on. Yes, it's a sock full of quarters. Dialogue, yeah, with, <laughs> without dialogue, <laughs> um, they they need to carry across the, how they're feeling through their their physical performances, and and so uh, you you there's no mistaking it. Freighter 
has got a huge boner for this girl almost immediately. Yes. Maria, he just met a girl named Maria. I was wondering if you were going to do that. Why, you know what's weird is why would I do that? I hate musicals. Makes no sense. <laughs> Makes no sense at all. I just did it for the sake of it. So uh, they get ushered out. They're like, get them out of here. Get them out of here. With no violence. They're just, yeah. They're just like, hey, you're, you're bumming the rich people out. Get lost. Yeah. Get out. Yeah, I mean, come on. These guys can't do it with these prostitutes with you staring at them all the time. <laughs> no one wants to do it in front of a kid. Especially a poor kid. I mean, come on. Yeah, especially a poor kid. <laughs> I'm sure a couple of those reprobates were like, no, leave the children here. It's <laughs> another sin we have not explored fully yet. <laughs> Maybe one can stay. But Freighter has forgotten all about his his concubine and uh, chases her down into the machine room, the, the underground where all the machines that run the city up above uh, run. And uh, things happen. He, 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 so he happens to arrive. He happens to arrive almost at the very moment that there's a terrible industrial accident. Yes, there is, there's a he, he he comes to what's called the heart machine. I don't know what it does. Um looks really important. And it's got a big thing of uh, pistons moving and uh, what happens? Someone dies and then it explodes? Or? Yeah, there's I there's a lot of steam. <laughs> yeah. So and, there's a lot of the, the big steam machine in the center of the city. Something goes real wrong. Passes out. Yeah, something goes really, really wrong, and it explodes, and guys go flying off it. And um, when that happens, Freighter has his first of many hallucinations. <laughs> and this hallucination even has its own introductory title card, as we are informed that the hallucination oh, yeah. he is having is of uh, Moloch. Moloch, which, which is a like Babylonian, the, the, is a Babylonian. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he see the 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 machine that is undergoing this explosion turns into like a giant Moloch face, like this big demon face, and he sees the workers yeah. just marching into its mouth. Yeah, and he's it somewhat upset by this. When Freighter hallucinates, he doesn't hallucinate like bugs on him or worms or stuff like that. He conveniently hallucinates in metaphor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Extremely on the nose metaphor. Exactly. Almost like he was a director making a movie and he wanted the audience to know what the metaphor was for what they were showing. Convenient. <laughs> so he is he is disgusted and uh you know, his whole I guess his cause he was happy rich kid. You know, he was the son of the big cheese. Yeah, he was winning he races and shit. He would, yeah, he was winning races and and boning prostitutes. And now he's <laughs> underneath the the city, and he's seeing the workers getting slaughtered. And the the worst part about it is, and uh, is the the machine explodes. There's chaos, but almost immediately the machine is restaffed with other people. Yeah, and things just continue on as if nothing happened. And uh, he's like, I'm going to go talk to my daddy. And then what happens? His daddy lives in a building that is called the New Tower of Babel. <laughs> in another an, another patented metropolis subtle metaphor. 
Um, and he, why would you ever name your tower Babel? How did he get there on his private blimp, the Hindenburg? Yes, exactly. It's like one of those things where even if you're not superstitious, you probably wouldn't. Like if you built a giant ship, you wouldn't call it the Titanic. Just, no. just as a matter of taste, you wouldn't build a skyscraper and say, "That's right, fuck you." It's the Tower of Babel. Do something about it. <laughs> But apparently, Freighter's father, Freighterson, said, no, fuck Joe it. Freiderson. Joe Freighterson. Yeah, Joe Freighterson. The leader of this whole city is named Joe Freighterson. <laughs> he sounds like a Scandinavian butcher or something. Like. He sounds like a Scandinavian electronic salesman. Oh, Joe Freighterson over there from Minnesota. <laughs> Hey, go, go over there to Freighterson. See what they got uh, as far as deals on the TV this week. I'm Joe Freighterson, and I'm crazy this week because this week we got appliances at nearly 25% off. Also, work under the ground until you're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our special this week is running a machine until you die. Come on down to Freighterson's. <laughs> and for all you rich folks, those prostitutes are still free. <laughs> so remember, I'm Joe Freiderson. It's uh, it, it is it's it's a utopia that seems built like entirely on the slave labor of the poor. Like there's no yeah, they're, they're, the poor people aren't getting anything out of it at all. It's just no, you're gonna go nope. work those machines, and that's pretty yeah, much exactly. it. So he goes in and he's like, "Father, I just saw this horrible thing, and there are explosions and stuff." and Freiderson turns to his assistant named Do I have to say this name? I really... Jehoshaphat. <laughs> who by the way may be the most awesome character in this movie. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I like Jehoshaphat a lot more than Freider. But Jehoshaphat, <laughs> who is his assistant, apparently didn't notify him about the explosion. And Freiderson gets all upset and fires him. Which means that Jehoshaphat is going to have to go down, if you don't have a job, I guess, you go down and go work in the machines, which uh, Jehoshaphat doesn't want to do, so he's going to blow his brains out. <laughs> like right outside the door, he literally... Like right outside the door! <laughs> he walks out of the office, goes down like one flight of stairs, and he's just like, well, the hell with this. And he's carrying a pistol around with him at all times. Yeah. I guess that was his plan. In case I ever get fired. That's I true. Got, I got the trusty Dillinger. There doesn't seem to be a lot of crime in the upper city. So, yeah, what other reason would you have for carrying a gun other than, oh, shit, if I lose my job, I'm just going to have to kill myself right away. So I'm not, a, I'm no not even going to want to go home. I'm just going to want to do it <laughs> right Apparently away. there's no police. There's no army. As near as I can no, tell. No, there's no government of any kind. It, it it appears to be like, you know, Freiderson runs the whole place. Yeah, yeah. he runs everything. Yeah. By, because. <laughs> why, do, why don't the workers rise up? I don't know. Fuck. There's no one there, like, f enforcing rules or anything. Not that I can see. Can, I no. Mean, do you remember ever seeing, uh, like, like boot-jacked thugs no. coming in and saying, I mean, there is one creepy guy in this who would terrify anyone into doing anything <laughs> but i don't think he could control the entire underground no no um well and in fact one of the most famous images of the movie that took place in one of the 
parts we've already summarized uh, was that 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 famous shot of the workers marching in and while Into the other the ones are marching of, out yeah. and and they're you know they're just they have their heads down and they're just sort of shuffling yeah. in perfect formation. Uh, that's actually a really fantastic scene because it really sets up the people marching in are marching in quick paced and faster than the people who are coming out the yeah. people who are coming out are are marching in slower and it's obvious that they're exhausted and yeah. and off and just uh, beaten down um, but it but it just seems automatic. There's nobody cracking yeah. a whip on them. It's just well, this is just the way it goes, you know. Exactly. Anyway, um, Freder runs out and stops Jehoshaphat from killing himself, um, and says, "Go to go to go to my apartment for uh, some reason. Just don't, don't kill yourself. Yeah. Just go to my apartment. It'll be fine. You don't have to go down." He says he can work for him. The pit. Yeah, you can work for me. I I don't do anything as near as I can tell, but. You can watch me run around a track and <laughs> win marathons. and <laughs> You can screen my prostitutes for me. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the foreman, is it the foreman or the main engineer dude? The the Bluto looking guy, yeah, the guy the, with the beard. The guy who's kind of in charge of the uh, the heart machine. Yeah. Yeah, Groat. He Yeah, he comes up and he shows him a piece of paper and said, Look, on the bodies we found more of these things, these diagram schematic things. What are they? And Frederson's like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, excuse me. I have to ask Satan to follow my son around. <laughs> and then he turns and possibly the most evil creature ever in any movie ever. This man gave me nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> and he's only identified as the thin as the thin man mm-hmm. comes in. And Frederson says, I want you to follow my son around uh, because I, I don't, I think he's, up, I don't know, uh, reasons. <laughs> I, I think he, he might be sympathetic to the workers and that might not be good, so follow him around and stuff. Um, and then Freder goes back down into the machine rooms, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He, he and meets the, the worker. Gregory. Yeah. Gregory's working the big clock machine, and uh, he's starting to collapse, and so Freighter jumps in and starts doing the job for him, and then he goes, uh, hey, Prince and Popper, you read that book? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, we're going to do that, okay? And he's like, okay. So they change clothes, and now he's dressed, now Freighter is dressed like a worker, and Gregory is dressed like him, and he goes, okay, go meet me at my apartment. I don't, again... Why is he sending people to his apartment? He, well, he has room. He figures, just come stay at my place. I guess yeah. so. Gregory doesn't make it there, though, because uh, a couple of things happen. Uh, Gregory gets into uh, Freighter's private car, and he discovers that there are wads of cash <laughs> in Freighter's pockets. And then there are things like women and food and wine, and most importantly... Yoshiwara, yes, the, the I guess the Sex Sin Club. It's or the something. the Studio Fifty Four of Metropolis, named after the notorious red light district in Japan. Yoshiwara is kind of like yeah, it's like the Studio Fifty Four yeah. of, of this of this movie, and so he's like, okay, well, a crazy rich dude just took over my job and gave me his identity. Why the fuck not? <laughs> what have I got <laughs> so, to lose? Exactly. And the thin man's following him now because, you know, he's 
blindish. He's terrible at his job. Little, yeah, he's terrible at his job. He only looks evil. Um, <laughs> evil don't mean smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Frederson uh, takes the map to a creepy witch cottage for some reason that's still standing in this metropolis where a crazy scientist inventor named Rotwang lives. Rotwang. Rotwang. Again, the gentleman's Which name. Means, it means red-cheeked, but not in English. Yeah, that's it? not what that means in English. You wouldn't have guessed that's uh, what it means, would you? No. And he's a crazy inventor, and it's kind of implied that he's the reason why they have all the machines and everything else. And Yeah. But, um... Turns out, Frederson was... Uh, wait, Rotwang was in love with a woman named Hell. We know this because uh, <laughs> he has chiseled a giant head. Yep. A big old... In a, tribute a, to this <laughs> A one-person Mount Rushmore in his house. <laughs> and it turns out that Hell was in love with Frederson, And Hell then died giving birth to Freighter. So, Rotwang and Frederson aren't exactly allies, but I guess Rotwang is the smartest guy in... Whenever Frederson has problems, he brings his problems to Rotwang. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, and it seems like Frederson is not quite aware of how much Rotwang hates his guts. (laughs) Because Rotwang clearly hates his guts, but Frederson is just... It's not like it's... Written all over his face, no. but yeah. But Frederson's sort of like, hey, man, can you help me with this? These weird yeah. maps that the workers are drawing? You well, know? before he gets to show him his map, Rotwang's like, hey, I want to show you something. Oh, Check yeah. this out. I made a robot. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I'm going to make it look exactly like your dead wife. <laughs> and he's like, I'm okay. Um, can we leave this room now? No, seriously. I'm going to make this robot look like your dead wife, and I'm going to Fuck it. That isn't in the movie, but that's what's implied. Yeah. Rot Wang is going to make a robot to have sex with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that pretty much. I mean, you, you figure, you uh, know, even if it's not strongly implied, they would get around to it eventually. Oh, ro- not eventually. That would be, <laughs> that's like first on the list as of soon things as that Rot Wang are going to do. As soon as he unplugs the fucking thing, he's like, all right, come on, let's go. <laughs> So, um, okay, so Frederson's like, hey, I keep finding this thing on all the workers. They have this map thing, and Rotwang consults books and does something with a sextant and a couple of other vaguely scientific things (laughs) and goes, oh, this is a map to the catacombs that are underneath the machines, which are actually underneath the workers' homes. Yeah. Because the level is is that you have the machines, and then below that are where the workers live. Way below that. Like, super way below where the machines are, where the workers live. It's like a 35-minute elevator ride <laughs> down to where the workers live. Um, and he's like, hey, I'm going to show you how to get there, because con- conveniently I have, a, I have a stairway that'll take me down there that I didn't tell you about. 
I, yeah. I'm not sure why I had to consult so many things to tell you that these are yeah. catacombs. When clearly he knows exactly what it is. <laughs> so they grab flashlights and they're going to go down into the catacombs. Meanwhile, Freighter um, goes a little crazy after his first full day of work <laughs> and hallucinates that the clock machine that he's working is actually a clock. And then another dude comes up and says, Psst! meeting at so-and-so in the catacombs and he's like oh okay oh yeah all right (laughs) so when his shift is over he goes down with the rest of the workers and they go into a what is it it's not really a church no it's like it's like a cave with church stuff in it (laughs) yeah it's like a a cave and it's a natural chapel yeah (laughs) and there's like aren't there like um like uh houses built into the wall that's what it, yeah it does it kind of looks like that like like kind of like uh an adobe <laughs> village or something, yeah. or something like carved out of the wall yeah exactly yeah and he gets down there and who does he see maria that's right <laughs> and she's kind of like this peaceful um wonder girl yeah this kind of beacon of light to all of these dudes she she radiates she's uh, she's like she's like his edith keeler (laughs) if i may cross pollinate my science fiction yeah well you did it so yeah there we go um he she is all about peace and um that between the head okay everyone pay attention pay attention I'm listening. Because if it's a little too subtle, you may miss it. Between the head and the hands is the heart. Oh. And and that heart is represented by a mediator, who she says, hopefully a mediator will come, who will be able to link the head and, and the hands. And, of course, Freighter being the hallucinatory narcissist that he is. <laughs> he raises his and hand. <laughs> he, he, he naturally assumes that, he, that he's, that's who he is. He is the mediator. He is the one that will unite the head and, and the hands. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Rotwang and uh, Freiderson have discovered this little clandestine meeting. And uh, they've been listening to this whole thing, and Frederson does not like where this is going for <laughs> some reason. It's like, uh-oh, someone's down there talking about patience and understanding. I gotta put an end to that. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I'll concoct the worst scheme possible that could lead to absolute disaster. Yeah, it's like he thought to himself, what could I do that would make the least sense for a man in my position to do? This... And what is that thing that he decides, Well, he, he decides. He comes to the brilliant conclusion that he has to undermine what Maria is doing, even though everything from his perspective has been humming along just fine for God only knows how many years. And yeah. she obviously isn't any kind of a threat to him. But nope. but he he turns to Rotwang and he says, "Hey, dude, um, what if you took that robot and you gave it her face, and then we could send the robot down as her, 
and just fuck everything up. And then the, the, yeah. the workers won't be happy anymore. And for some reason, he wants to accomplish. This is something yeah. he wants. Broadway's like, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to turn that into your ex, into your dead wife and fuck it. But this sounds even better. <laughs> you can trust me. I don't have crazy eyes. <sighs> and so, um. <laughs> and Frederson walks away thinking, oh, that Rotwang, he's such a great guy. <laughs> what has a my, great guy. Has my best interests at heart at all times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that he has a giant, gigantic bust of my wife that's that's not creepy at all and and don't forget the bust of his wife there's also like a plaque underneath it that yeah that identifies that she died giving birth to freighter yeah, so it's died like, in childbirth clearly he's he's totally over all of that no lingering right. baggage not at all exactly so uh after the little sermon is over um Freighter approaches Maria and he's like, hi. And she's like, hey. And he's like, I dig you. And she's like, I dig you almost immediately like happens in movies. (laughs) Um, You want to meet at the cathedral tomorrow? And and he's like, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Do they kiss then? Yes. Yes, they do. They do kiss. Okay. And also he, he, he tells her that he's the mediator. And, oh, that's right. And she's like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally all that happens. He's like, hey, that mediator guy, that's me. And she's like, yeah, cool. Like, that's it. Oh, my God. So in order for Rotwang to make his robot look like uh, Maria, he has to kidnap Maria. Which he then does. Yeah. Can can you detect the hole in his wanting to make the robot look like hell plan? <laughs> <laughs> Unless they, this involved tomb robbing. Yeah. I, or he's gonna just he's gonna use that giant head somehow. <laughs> he's gonna lock that thing into it. I don't know. So uh, Rotwang chases Maria through the catacombs, and there's skeletons and skulls, and she's. It kind of it. It's like she's being chased by a flashlight, but I mean, she yeah. does eventually get caught, and uh, we fade out. Uh oh, what's gonna happen to Maria? Dun, dun, dun. We have more important things, like the Thin Man catching Gregory, <laughs> leaving Yoshiwara. Yeah, hope you had fun. Yeah, he's like, "What are you doing here? Go back to work." And. Uh, he discovers uh, Freighter's address on uh, on uh, Gregory, and then he goes to uh, he goes to the apartment. And wait, no, Freighter goes to the apartment, and he's looking for Gregory, but Gregory's never got there. And then he tells Jehoshaphat what he's been doing, which is a lot <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. Um, and then Freighter goes, okay, I'm going to the cathedral to go meet my new girlfriend. And um, you stay here. And Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat is like, okay, I guess I'll just stay here. <laughs> um, and after Freighter leaves, guess who shows up? The Thin Man. And uh, he tries to bribe him. And uh, what else? Oh, they, and then they fight. Yeah. And Jehoshaphat escapes and hides in the city. 
Goku. <laughs> because I, I, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the guy who's playing the Thin Man is possibly the most evil creature ever to exist on film. Yeah. Even though he actually doesn't do that much that's evil. I don't think he kills anyone. No. I don't even think he's dead by the end of the movie. It's just, it's the shape of his head. It's the shape of his head. Yeah. It's the way the actor portrays this character because he's so still. Yeah. And he's, and, ugh, he, he'd make a perfect Nazi. Yeah. And in fact, probably was after this movie came out. I mean, if you were going to... I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm just not true. Let's just say, if you were going to take bets on which one of these actors would do the best after the rise of Hitler, it would be the dude who played the Thin Man. I mean, well, the other thing is, like, he's so still like that, and he's really the only actor in the movie that's like that. All the other actors are very big and very broad and very expressive, and he's just sort of standing there with this like perpetual scowl on his face. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Freder goes to the cathedral and, uh, Maria's not there. Uh, but he does hear a monk preaching about the whore of Babylon and the approaching apocalypse. Um, oh yeah. And he finds the seven deadly sins and death. And, uh, <laughs> so he takes all of that on board and, Oh no, remember he asks, he asks the seven deadly sins and death to not harm Maria. Oh, that's right. Yes. Because, Freighter is okay. I, I'm going to say it right now. He's a lunatic. He is. He is literally. He is a freaking psychopath. He <laughs> he talks to these statues. And by the way, these are creepy statues. I think that death statue is probably the best death I have ever seen in a movie. Oh yeah, to be quite honest, definitely. Um, and an incredible costume considering the the time frame. You totally buy that this this uh, death statue. Well, I'm I'm jumping ahead, but. Uh, surprise, surprise, a freighter hallucinates about these things later. <laughs> He's, he has a vivid imagination. <laughs> he has a rich inner life. So uh, when she doesn't show up, uh, he leaves to go search for her, and then he hears her uh, cries because she's in Rotwang's house. Um, and he goes in there to... Does he make it inside the house? No, no. He makes it, like, almost. He gets to... Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. one door that he just can't get through. Right. Yeah. And, uh... But, oh, no. He gets... Uh, she's trapped inside, and then... Rod Wang... Uh, does some science stuff. <laughs> and turns the robot to, into Maria. And uh, now she looks exactly like Maria. We'll we'll call her what she used to be called. Was it Black Maria? I think is the, one of the terms they used. Yeah, or, or Dark Maria. Yeah, or whatever. We'll use this term, Robo Maria. Robo Maria. So that way we don't we don't get confused. Perfect. And <laughs> and uh, Rotwang then sends Robo Maria to Freiderson, and. Freighter runs into the office and he sees uh, Robo Maria and uh, Freighterson kind of embracing in his office and this lunatic uh, can't handle that <laughs> and passes out and proceeds to go into a weird state of delirium. <laughs> it's kind of hard to describe what happens to him because he's not injured is he? Does he enter a state of shock so bad that he has to be bedridden? Yeah, I think that's what happens. Because, yeah, when, when he comes out of it, he's in bed. It's almost yeah. like he's woken up from a dream. 
Yeah, yeah. no, because remember, he's hallucinating. He keeps jerking out of bed because now we cut to the seed in which uh, uh, Robo Maria is unleashed upon <laughs> the hapless citizens at at, uh, at Yoshiwara. Yeah. And uh, quite suddenly, everyone in Yoshiwara is all of a sudden men. There aren't any women there. And uh, uh, Robo Maria comes up and uh, she's, boy, she's shaking her moneymaker. And holy cow, the men dig it. They dig it a lot. In fact, quite honestly, these scenes are almost impossible to watch without feeling uncomfortable when they cut to the men. And they are just like... Oh, but it's some great filmmaking people. I'll tell you that much <laughs> right now. Uh, but she's she's like, oh, she's moving her hips and shaking it all over the place. And the guys get so crazy that they start fighting each other. Yeah. Best friends start fighting each other over her. <clears throat> and uh, we cut back and forth to Freighter who keeps uh, hallucinating that uh, Maria is actually the whore of Babylon and that she's rising up out of the thing and um, stuff. Yeah, and, and, and she does stuff. She, <laughs> her her dance at Yoshiwara kind of takes on those qualities yeah. too. There's a part where she's like elevated up on this on this platform that looks like the vision that Freighter's having of the whore of Babylon and yeah. yeah. Now, here's something that's nearly impossible for me to square. Yes. Freighter is out of commission because he saw Maria and his father together for ten days. Yeah, as it turns out. (laughs) Ten goddamn days. (laughs) Now, I know... Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Our hero. I, uh, I know it might have been kind of shocking... Maybe disappointing, but to be laid out for ten days because of that seems ridiculous. But, you know, I guess that's what it is. But by his side, the whole time has been Jehoshaphat. Let's him know that things are things are getting bad. You know, there's Maria's like, oh, she's awful. <laughs> Men are murdering each other for her. Um, and in the meantime... Uh, the real Maria. Um, well, how does this happen? I, I, well, <clears throat> apparently she's just been kind of hanging out with Rotwang this whole time. Yeah, Rotwang's kind of like I was really, I really want to have sex with that robot, but <laughs> apparently it turns out what I wanted more was to destroy Freiderson and his son and the entire city and everybody more. Yeah, he does the 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 classic uh super villain thing of for some reason revealing his entire evil plan to a to a person <laughs> who could have the power to stop him <laughs> and who then immediately escapes yeah and he even give, he even lets her know even though i mean this detail is really more for us than for anybody else but he he tells maria that robo maria only obeys his will uh mm-hmm. Frederson thinks that she listens to him but actually she only really listens to rotwang Oh, well, remember, the reason why Maria gets to escape is because Fredrickson shows up and they have a fight. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they do. They have a throwdown. Yeah, they have a throwdown, which we don't get to see because that's part of the missing yeah. section. There's a, there's, there's a nice little description of it. And then they have an awesome yeah. fight. 
<laughs> it's so cool and aliens show up and then Frederson Wart like they get together and they fight the aliens off and they're like pew 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 and then Ming the Merciless comes in and he's like now I'll take over the earth and they fight them too and then it's so awesome but the special effects are fantastic and then you cut back and all of a sudden Rotwang's on the floor and Frederson is yep. leaning up against a wall <laughs> Uh, and so, um, so the false Maria, uh, Freighter and yeah, yeah. Freighter and Jehoshaphat go down and they find the false Maria down there. Um, and she's like, Hey, idiots, you guys need to rise up and destroy the machines because you guys, your lives suck. You know, your lives suck. And, uh, the only way that you're going to be free is if you go up there and uh, destroy the machines. And, and Freighter is like, you're not the real Maria. She only talked about peace. And the workers uh, recognize him as uh, the Big Cheese's son and rush him. <laughs> but thankfully, Gregory's there and protects him, but only to get stabbed to death. Oops. And, yeah. And, uh... Freighterson does something weird where he's like, let the workers go on their rampage yeah so i can justifiably use force against them at a later time yeah smart it's it's (laughs) it's really difficult to see based on the decisions he makes in this movie how freiderson got to be in the position that he is in because every major Uh decision he makes is the exact opposite of what he should of be doing. Of what a smart person would do. He's like, he's like, hey, boss, they're coming to destroy the heart machine. Open the gate, let him in. And he's, like, Grote even says, like, no, man, if they destroy the heart machine, it'll destroy the whole city. And he's like, I told you, open the gate, let him in. Like, yeah, let him in. Okay. Because Maria sends them all up in there, and they're like, we're going to destroy the heart machine. And Grote's like, you idiots. <laughs> the heart machine does something that, uh, if you destroy it, then your homes will flood. Because apparently... If you destroy the hard machine, it causes a flood down where the workers' homes are, which are these kind of bland apartments. Yeah. <clears throat> and so Maria goes into the first. She goes into the workers' homes. She rings a bell and she says, "Come on, everybody, let's all go up to the machine room. We're going to destroy everything." So everybody that lives in the workers' city leaves, except <laughs> <laughs> except all their children. Except all of their children. Um, but all the people go up. They go up there, and Grot's like, you idiots, don't do this. And then they're like, no. And then Frederison's like, open the door, let them do it. And Grot's like, okay. <laughs> so they go in there to destroy the heart machine. There's lots of electricity and explosions. And, and then they all start dancing. They're all happy because <laughs> the machine's destroyed. Yippity yippity! And it's like everybody um, holding hands and dancing in a circle, dancing. It's like uh-huh. you know, uh, Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Maria slips out while all of the destruction is going on. I'm sorry, Robo yeah. Maria slips out while all the destruction is going on, and um, uh, meanwhile, we start cutting to the city that is starting to flood. Uh, real Maria. Descends to the worker city, and um, she sees that the, the city is starting to flood. And turns out there's not just a couple of kids down there. There's lots of kids down there. Yeah, a bunch. <laughs> like all of their children are down there. And she's like, "Oh, we've got to get these kids out of here." So she rings the emergency bell, 
and gathers all the kids to her. Um, and then we cut back up to the machine room where everyone's dancing and and, and uh, having a great time. <laughs> and then we cut back down and we find Jehoshaphat and Freighter have somehow climbed to the now completely flooding worker city. And they're like, we got to get these kids out of here. And so they do that. <laughs> they, they, there's a big. They take him to the air shaft, which is a. They take him to the air big stairwell. Yeah. They get to the top of the stairwell, and there's like a grate. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a you know like bars for some reason. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> whoever designed the, the the air shaft said, you know, in case this city ever floods, we want to make sure everybody dies. So put some bars at the, at the <laughs> put top some of bars the stairs. There. They'll climb all the way up the stairs, and then they'll be stopped, and they'll be so disappointed that they almost made it. And so they, uh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, and so they, uh, that is not a comment, that is not my review of the movie, it's my yawn. How dare you yawn during the synopsis of this classic film. So, Freder and Maria get the kids to the cathedral, get all the kids into the cathedral. Meanwhile, Grot's like, hey, idiot, stop dancing. (laughs) Who told you to destroy the machines, dumbass? Number no, that isn't what starts. Number one, he says, "Where are your kids, idiots?" Yeah, that's right. And then they all realize, "Holy shit, we just drowned our own children! How uh, fucking stupid are we? We're morons. We're so easily manipulated." And then Grot says, "Who did this?" And they go, "The witch. Let's kill her." <laughs> so now they're running up to the surface to go find Robo Maria, who they think is the real Maria to kill her because they're going to blame her for having to, to, to on what, what they should be doing is killing themselves they're right. so easily manipulated uh so they get upstairs and um they find real maria who's resting outside the cathedral and they're like kill her <laughs> and she's like no and she runs and they chase her uh, in the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, Freiderson is in his office and he's looking at his city and it's all lit up. And then the machines break down and it all goes dark <laughs> and he has the gall to look surprised. Yeah. <laughs> he has the gall to look concerned. Hmm. How unforeseen. In the meantime, Robo Maria, after inciting this riot of people, has uh, escaped back to Yoshiwara. And when the lights go down, she says to all the rich people, Hey, let's go outside and watch the city destroy itself. And they're like, Yeah, that sounds like awesomeness. <laughs> so, uh, Real Maria runs into the crowd of rich people celebrating the destruction of the city. And in the chaos, they grab Robo Maria and go, We're gonna. We're going to burn you at the stake. <laughs> when they said witch, they meant that in, shit. Yeah, when they said witch, they meant it. And they're going to burn her at the stake in front of the frickin' cathedral. Okay. Uh, so they pile up a bunch of wood and uh, tie her to a stake. And at this point, Roba Maria has, I think her circuitry has started to go off because, oh, wow, she has gone crazy evil crazy crazy (laughs) she does she no longer cares she's laughing and looking as evil as possible um meanwhile rotwang um 
meets Maria at the church and grabs her and forces her up into the bell tower. Oh, that's right, because we can't. We keep having to confuse identities. Freighter shows up, and they see her burning Robo Maria, and he's like, "No, that's real Maria." And they're like, "No, that's the that." We, no, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna totally burn her." And he's like, "No, oh my god!" And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they set her on fire, and she turns back into a robot, and the stupid workers freak out again. <laughs> And then all of, them, all of a sudden they all look up and there's the other Maria being chased around by Rotwang um, because she rang the bell, the giant cathedral bell. So Freighter goes running up there to save her and then uh, Freighterson shows up and he sees his son up at the top of the cathedral um, fighting Rotwang. Uh, trying to avoid uh, Batman and Jack Nicholson's Joker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you said this was a Tim Burton influence. <laughs> um, and uh, Fraderson has, I guess, a freak out because now his son is endangered. I don't know why. He, oh, no, he does have a freak out when he's told that his son was down with the workers. Yeah. Yeah. But now he's having a real freak out because now he sees his son is probably going to get killed by Rotwang. And, oh, and the and the crowd wants to kill him as well. <laughs> and that doesn't happen and Rotwang falls down and he's dead. He falls off the church and he's dead. <laughs> and uh, we climb back. Uh, Freighter comes down and uh, Maria comes down. And now we have the scene where Freiderson and Grot, who represents the workers, or the hands. Indeed. I told you guys to get ready. And Freiderson, who rec- represents the head. See, mm. see, see where I'm going here? I'm following you so far. Can't seem to shake hands and work together. They can't. They can't. They can't seem to meet. They need some sort of, I don't know... Some sort of mediator, maybe. And that's when Freighter says, oh yeah, that's right, that's me. Me, I'm super important, again. I'm important, everybody. <laughs> I think, doesn't Maria even say something to him about it? Yes, she's Maria like, has she's to like, hey, remind this go mediate. deluded psychopath that he needs to do this thing that he said he was. Oh, yeah. And he goes up, and he takes his father's hand, and he takes Grat's hand, and then he makes them shake their hands. And then we get the title card that says, what does it say? Uh, when I, I, head and heart meet or something. I believe. Exclamation yeah. point, the end. Yep. The end. <laughs> Literally, the movie states what it's trying to say. The very last thing you see in the film is the statement of what the movie is about. Bold movie. <laughs> and Well, we didn't mention it. It also states it at the very beginning of the movie. It's an epigram. This movie has an epigram. And the epigram before... What does it, sta- I can, what does it say in the very before, beginning? Well, it's the same thing it says at the end. Before, before the, the story even starts, it says in a big oh. title card, the mediator between brain and hands must be the heart. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Why did we have to sit through the whole movie if they were just going to tell us at the <laughs> exactly. very beginning? Spoiler alert. Here's the moral. Here's what it's about. 
Okay, Steve. <laughs> How did you feel about Metropolis? <laughs> you know, I mean, even though we've just been sitting here making fun of it for yeah, we we've, we've, hour, we've it... been dogpiling on this film. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. No matter how much Steve and I love a movie, and I'm going to tell you this right now, I deeply love this movie. Yeah. Will not prevent me from making fun of it. Okay? So everyone get off my dick. Yeah, exactly. All right? <laughs> everyone gets made fun of. Jokes are their own reward. Um, <laughs> but yeah, even though we've, been, we've made fun of it and we've pointed out you know, I mean, flaws that really are in the movie. I mean, if you look at the movie and yes. you pick it apart with a fine-tooth comb, there's all kinds of stuff in it that makes no sense at it's all. It's hard not to make fun of a movie where the director is literally hitting you over the head with a hammer that says, this is the point of the movie. Yeah, repeatedly. <sighs> um, but yeah, despite all of that, this is, I mean, come on, this this is one of the greatest films ever made. I mean, this is a, this is, <laughs> this is a brilliant film, and... Yes. Uh, it's brilliant visually, and even though mm-hmm. e- even though the acting is really big and theatrical, except for creepy thin man, uh, it's it's just it's really an engaging movie. It pulls me along. It's one of those like the, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of silent films. I I love silent movies, and even mm-hmm. I admit that some silent movies, when you look at them with like a modern sensibility, sometimes they can be a little tough to get through. Uh, yeah, they don't work, or they're just, you know, it's kind of yeah. like, something's getting lost. In or it feels like homework. It's like, oh, I guess I should watch yeah. this. Um, but Metropolis doesn't really feel like that. Metropolis, even this version that we're reviewing, which is the long version, the the, the reconstructed yeah. version, um, it doesn't really feel that way. It, it, it pulls you along pretty good, even though it's a long movie. And there yeah. are parts of it, I mean, obviously, visually, it's just a, incredible and, and, and very influential. And there are just there are parts of it that are just so fascinating to me. Like I, I love its reinterpretation of the Bible. It 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 references <laughs> the Bible repeatedly. Uh, repeatedly, uh, there's, yes. there's a there's a retelling of the Tower of Babel story in the middle of this that is brilliant because it completely reinterprets it. And instead of it, it makes it about the conflict between the people who uh, dreamed of the Tower of Babel. And then, and the people who yeah, built the it. people who actually had, yeah. and that becomes the point of the story. And it's that's not the point of the biblical story at all, by no, most interpretations. Not at all. But that's what it becomes, and and they do that with the, the, repeatedly, where they they they'll take lessons from scripture, and they will reinterpret it so that the main conflict is not between man and God, but between the haves and the have-nots, between the rich and the workers. And it's a mm-hmm. really it's it's like the 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 socialist version of the Bible. And it's really kind of. and it's really fascinating because it's done really well, you know. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's just it's we we could we could we could probably make jokes about it for another hour and have a great time. But when you get right down oh, to yeah. it, it's it's just a great fucking movie. It's one of the great movies. How ever. can you not make a joke where one of the main characters' name is Rotwang? Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on, Fritz Lang. What were you thinking with that? You knew that English speaking people <laughs> were going to see this. <sighs> that, he was like, I gotta think of the American audience. <laughs> oh shit, it got American distribution? <laughs> oh. This movie, this, this, okay, just visually, even if they weren't putting title cards up, even if they weren't even, you know, bothering to fill in little dialogue with uh, the dialogue title cards, you'd know what was going on for the most part. It is a purely visual film. 
Um, and this film informs seven different genres of film, yeah. I think. Oh my god, yes. Well, German expressionism alone informed noir. Um, Hitchcock was a, a student of German expressionism. I mean, he didn't he didn't uh, try to make an expressionist film, but he borrowed heavily. Um, Wells borrowed. Everyone borrowed yeah. because um, it's a vi- it's a visual story. T- it's a way to tell a, a story visually. And Metropolis is <sighs> Metropolis is one of those films that you can, if you love film, you can't ignore it. And if you've never seen it, but you've loved modern film, when you watch this movie, you're going to go. That's where that comes from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, and it is. You won't be wrong when you, if you start watching this, you're like, "Oh, that scene in the catacombs where you never see the antagonist; you just see the flashlight chasing her down." Yeah. Um, all the dissolves, all the cutaways. I mean, the special effects. Do not see in this for special effects. There's nothing in this movie that will make you go. <laughs> Hokey smoke, except for that skeleton costume, which will give you nightmares. Yeah. But <laughs> but it's not like there's any tech. I mean, this movie is notable for film. It is not notable for well. Look at all the technology they saw in the future. No, no, no. This is a lot of people like to categorize this as a sci-fi film. This is not a sci-fi movie. I, I, it's, it's as much a sci-fi movie as I don't know. Can you think of something on par with it? This is more of a fable. Yeah, this is more of a parable. That's what I was going to say. Else. It's like a fairy tale. I mean, that, that's why so many of the so many of the things we were making fun of, like how the workers are so dumb, like they're they're so yeah. easily led. They move almost yeah. as if as if they're one character. You know, Maria's like, "Let's go tear down the machines," and they all go, "Yeah." I mean, that's yeah. like this, and that may be one of the more frustrating parts of the film is that the characters are not fleshed out to a point in which. I mean, you're not really watching this movie for character arcs because every everyone is a prototype. Yeah, and they never really they never really expand past that point. You know, they 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 function only to only to progress the story forward to the overall message, which is between the hand and the head is the heart. Yeah. <laughs> um. Which is fine. Which is which is fine. Don't don't watch Metropolis to get heavily involved and worry about Freighter or worry about Maria or or you know uh, marvel at the depths of Rotwang's misery. Um, none of that's really important. Not, I, I hate to say that, but it is. It really isn't. Yeah. That that that's 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 side story. Which may be the reason why I like Jehoshaphat more because Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat is actually tempted. To give up secrets by the thin man. He's like, hey, look, money. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to fight it. And Jehoshaphat's the one that nearly kills himself because he's fired. And that's one of the reasons why I like Jehoshaphat more. Because you're kind of like, wow, Jehoshaphat isn't the mediator. He's not in love with Maria. He's, he doesn't have to do any of the things that he does other than the fact that he is, for some reason, completely and totally loyal to Freighter. Despite the fact that they don't really have an established friendship. But he's always there. I mean, he's always there. He risks his life. He does all these things. And he's not the Luke Skywalker of this this story. He's, you know, he's... He's the (laughs) C-3PO. No, no, don't say that. Um, 
But uh, the thing that this movie reminded me more of than anything else is an opera. Yeah. And I'm actually surprised that no one has tried to adapt this into an opera. Because I think it would make a... It has a three-act structure. And I think it has... I think it would lend itself perfectly to that. Um, Maybe no one wants to do an opera that has a robot in it. I don't know. I don't see why not. I would love to see an opera with a robot in it. Especially a robot with titties. (laughs) What's opera's got against robots? Yeah, exactly. The high flute and hoity toities. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's because the one percent are the only ones that go see opera, and they don't want to see an opera in which the one percent are portrayed uh, yeah, as a bunch that's of true. <laughs> lascivious reprobates. I mean, I, I hate to break it to him, but the the statue of the commandant in Don Giovanni is basically a fucking robot. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're thinking that, which I know all of you listening are, that's probably the first thought that all of our audience had was, <laughs> "What about the statue of the commandant in Don Giovanni? Isn't that essentially a robot-like figure?" Um, anyway. You guys are going to have to look that up. I, I don't... My headache's so bad right now, I don't think I can explain it. I mean, it, maybe... It, nor it, it's do more, I think we have time. It's more of like a golem. It's like a... There you it's go. Like a, it's a statue that moves. Yeah, it's a statue that anyway. moves. The, the, no explanation is made. The, it's implied that Rot Wang gave up his hand making uh, yeah, it somehow... Yeah. Um, That's true. He says, he isn't losing your hand, hand worth creating this robot? Okay. Yeah, exactly. I guess. He's the, yeah, because I want to fuck that robot. I really... <laughs> dude, you don't understand. I was so in love with your wife. I can't even jerk off. I've got this robot hand. It has no feeling in it. It's just weird. It'll rip it off. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand how much I need this. I love how we oscillate between highbrow but referencing Don Giovanni to lowbrow about Rottweig pulling his penis off with his robot <laughs> Where, Where else are you going to hear this kind of stuff? That's it. We're taking our act to the New York Film School. Yeah. People need to hear this kind you of can, instruction. You can hear us in... You can you can hear us uh, explain the the wide ranging influence of German expressionism and also ponder whether yeah. or not Rotwang would have ripped his dick off with his robot hand. <laughs> These are the questions that, that cinephiles around the world need to have answered. <sighs> but other than that, um, if uh, the overhanded metaphor isn't your thing, or the hammy acting isn't your thing. Um, Design-wise, this is an awesome movie. um, Just uh, cinematography alone, this is an awesome film. Um, One of the nice things about German Expressionism is that you don't have to be realistic when you're trying to make a point. Mm -hmm. You know, when you... That that opening sequence with the... uh, Where the shift shift is changing and the tired workers are leaving and the new workers are coming in. That tells a very clear visual story without any dialogue you don't need to and it's not done realistic everyone's marching in unison and uh and uh it's very clear and very striking it's not something that people would do in a more realistic film it would they'd be much more subtle but um that's one of the reasons why i like it it it, it's kind of nice to see someone tell a story in such a, a, a for example the heart machine 
where we when we first see it and it's, and we see it in its full and then you have all these workers working on it they're moving as if they are part of the machine yeah. they have become so much of an intrinsic part of this they've lost so much of their humanity that when they're at work they 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 move in unison with the machine itself um that's the power of this kind of storytelling and it's something that we don't get anymore not really at all no not at all the 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 incredibly striking almost uh painterly images you just you you mm-hmm. almost never see those even in movies that are really sort of pitched as like you know visual extravaganzas i mean usually today what that means is a lot of cgi and stuff blown up i mean there's not these yeah. beautifully composed really striking shots like you have just multiple times throughout metropolis mm-hmm. oh god could you imagine if i i'm almost afraid to say this could you imagine if someone decided to remake metropolis now oh god well, first of all... How many car chases would there be? <laughs> first of all, if Tim Burton didn't get to make that movie, he would probably kill himself. So there's that. <laughs> you have to take that into... Are you willing to have a man's life on your conscience if you don't give him that job? Well, he better hurry because Johnny Depp's getting too old to play Freighter. <laughs> He's going to wind up having to play Joe Freighter. Yes. We'll get fucking Shia LaBeouf or something to play Freighter. Um, Ew. Why did you have to say um, that? Now you can't unthink it, can you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Screw it. Yeah, let's recast the movie right now. Um, who would we get to play the Thin Man, oh, Steve? Oh, Jesus. Who, would, who could possibly play the Thin Man? Um, now then, where do you have to reanimate that vampire's corpse and bring yeah, it back? Yeah, really. I don't know. I, I, it's hard to, I mean, there, there are people that I can think of that have really striking faces... But I all I invest too much character into them. Like the the thin man was just almost like a like a robot. Like I, the first thought I had oh, yeah. was Willem Dafoe, but he's Willem Dafoe. No, he's, he's too he's too yeah, human. Yeah, it's Willem Dafoe. Man. He's too- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's too human. <laughs> you you know who I'd like to see remake this is Wes Anderson. Oh my god, that would be more interesting than Tim Burton. Oh yeah, Fuck him. yeah true. Yeah, Tim Burton would throw himself into a wheat thresher if he found out that <laughs> Wes Anderson, Anderson was going to do it. <laughs> but I don't think Wes Anderson could do anything without dialogue. I don't think. Um, he, well, maybe he might accept the challenge. Could, he would. Know. He would. He would say, "Can I have a quirky narrator?" <laughs> oh no, no, I don't want that. I don't want I don't, that movie dialogue. I, I take. I don't back. need any dialogue. I, I just need a quirky narrator. That's all I need. This is the city of Metropolis. <laughs> Have Alec Baldwin do it like Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> this is the city of Metropolis. The workers live far below. <laughs> oh, and then we have these cut scenes, these centered cut scenes of Freighter growing up. Oh my up. god, yes. Uh, yeah, so, okay, maybe Wes Anderson isn't the best I choice. Take, I take back everyone leave Metropolis alone. <laughs> So, Steve, would you recommend Metropolis for people to watch? Oh, absolutely. If if you haven't seen it, you owe it to yourself if you give a shit about movies at all to go see it. And, and yeah. I mean, it's available widely online. It's The version I watched was on Hulu. It's also on Netflix. You can find... Yeah, two versions. I suggest uh, doing the longer yeah, one. Yeah, that's the one we're working from, uh, the restored yeah, version. That one, that, one has, that one has the nudity in it. <laughs> so if that's all you're caring about... 
Oh, look! I'm trying to reach the kids. True, the kids. If I could sell them on titties and robots. And and can I tell you? I don't know if it's a comment on on me and some dark corner of my personality that I'm not quite ready to reckon with yet, or if it's just the human condition in general. But my God, how much hotter is Robo Maria than regular Maria? Oh, don't even get me started because yeah, pokey, smoky. And it's the same actress. Pure Maria is just like, meh. But Robo Maria? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You can lead me into like, temptation anytime shit. you want. I'll kill my best friend. Why'd you, why'd you have to live 80 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's. It, I highly recommend it. It's one of. And especially, mm-hmm. honestly, if, if you have never been really familiar with silent movies, um, Metropolis yeah. is as good an entry point as any into silent movies. Um, because yeah, exactly. it has both the bad and the good. It has the big, exaggerated theatrical acting style, but it also has the great set design, the amazing camera work, and, and it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I don't. Fuck this movie. <laughs> the end. <laughs> no. <laughs> Psych! I, no, of course, I recommend this movie. If you love movies, you have... To, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this. You have to see it. Yeah. You have to see this movie. You cannot have a complete knowledge of where. I mean, films are influ- Films influence films, and this film has influenced more film than you can possibly imagine. Um, this this type of film, German expressionism, informed decades of a, of of American film. Because a lot of those, a lot of those directors, guess what happened when when World War Two came around? They came here, yeah. they came here to work, and um, they they all brought their styles, all the shadow work and lighting work in, in film noir, comes almost directly from German expressionism, um, and you know we keep joking about Tim Burton, but Tim Burton is is you know if if you were wondering if you thought Tim Burton was being super original, go go watch Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Just watch it. Just, yeah. just watch ten minutes of it, and you'll be like, "Okay, wait a minute." Funky sets, lots of stripes, lots of you know, a lot of painterly stuff, <laughs> and the lead villain is a, a long-haired, skinny guy with black hair and deep-set eyes. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I can't not. I can't not recommend Metropolis. And maybe you'll watch it and you'll be like bored or whatever. That's fine. Maybe you can download the other one that has like a rock soundtrack that has Queen doing some yeah. music. You can always find that one. Maybe that'll keep you interested. You, there's uh, Here's the thing. You should at least watch it. There's no rule that says you have to like it. <laughs> you don't have to love it. You're, you're, you're not going to get penalized if you watch Metropolis and you don't fall in love with it. It's not like there's a rule that says you have to watch it and you have to like it. And here's nine other movies that you have to watch and like. <laughs> Otherwise, you you have no valid opinion. You can watch Metropolis and not like it, but at least you can watch it and appreciate appreciate it for what it is and what it represents. Um, because I guarantee you, you're going to see something in one of these movies coming out in the next 10, 20, 30 years that's going to be related to what you see in this film. And uh, so, yeah, I recommend it. 
There, done. See, finally. Of course we recommend giving it. giving a strong recommendation. Of course we recommend <laughs> it, you idiots. It's Metropolis. <laughs> Can we stop calling our audience I'm sorry. idiots? I'm, I'm talking about hyp- I'm hypothetically, not the people, not the wonderful people who oh, are right, good right. enough to listen to them. Okay, yeah. That's right. No, you people, you, you're you a Anyone who would have been foolish talking. enough to doubt whether or not we would recommend Metropolis. That's right. To all the idiots that Steve's talking about, talking yeah. to you're, you don't have the guts to watch Metropolis. <laughs> that's that's you, you're cowards. You can't sit through Metropolis. Oh, quick, if we're gonna do this, if we're gonna do the reverse psychology, we need to come up with some of the movies that that they otherwise wouldn't watch. They they're probably all black and white. Yeah. Can you think of I another know, one? Like Casablanca or some shit. <laughs> Casablanca. <laughs> It's black what and white. Battleship. Oh, like, Battleship you know Potemkin. What? There you go. Yeah, yeah Battleship you Potemkin. You wouldn't watch that either. You guys, you guys couldn't handle it. You'd pee your pants and run yeah. away. That's right. I'm talking to, not to our audience who love us. I'm talking to the other people that somehow found yeah, this podcast. Yeah, you, you losers. What are you doing even still listening to it if you hate it so much? I don't know. <laughs> it's really gone pretty far afield, hasn't it? it I'm not even sure. I don't care. I don't even know what we're doing. <laughs> who are we even talking <laughs> to? We're daring the younger people to go watch black and white films. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we both recommend it. Great. We're done? Oh, wait, no, we got to make recommendations. We have to talk about hey, other Steve. movies, too. Fuck. <laughs> hey, Steve, is there a movie that you want to recommend? It just so happens. What? Hey, there there is. is, yeah. I was going to say say no. Oh, I was... <laughs> Jason, I'm sorry, but I did all this research. Um... <laughs> Actually, I'm recommending a, another great example of uh, German expressionist cinema. Uh, this is the movie, one of the movies that is sort of always uh, neck and neck with Metropolis as, th- you know, the example of German expressionism. And it is by the mm. other famous German filmmaker from the 1920s, F.W. Murnau. And it is F.W. Murnau's The Last Laugh. Um. Oh. Which has a lot in common with Metropolis, even though the stories are very different. Uh, it's it was made a few years before Metropolis in 1924. Um, had the same cinematographer Carl Freund, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not nearly as uh, fantastic or uh, out there as Metropolis. It's not like a, a futuristic dystopian film. It's it's more realistic, but. Uh, it has the same hallmarks of German Expressionism, the really wonderful set design, huge major sets, like, you know, sets the size of actual cities in this movie and and really wonderful use of contrast of light and dark and all the hallmarks of German Expressionism. And uh, it's it's the story of a hotel doorman who loses his job and realizes that his whole identity is is. Uh, wrapped up in his job as a doorman at a prestigious hotel and the respect that he gets because of that and is about you know what happens to him as a result of losing his job and it is like like uh, uh, Metropolis it is almost in, entirely visual in fact one of the notable things about The Last Life is that it has no intertitles at all it is purely visual except for one title card almost at the very end, which sort of introduces the ending of the movie. Other than that, it's purely visual. Uh, and just, again, just an incredibly beautiful, wonderful movie. So if you haven't seen The Last Laugh, watch Metropolis first, if that's sort of your entry point, and then check out F.W. Murnau's The Last Laugh. It's a really beautiful movie. Great! Um, I have nothing. 
have nothing. I, I, I have been racking my brain over what it is that I want to recommend. I was like, do I want to recommend another silent film? Do I want to recommend something that's more modern? Do I want to just not do it and lay down and try to get rid of this migraine that's kicking my ass this nine days to Sunday? But no, I'll. You know what? I am going to. I am going to recommend another silent movie, and I'm going to recommend another Fritz Lang film. In fact, I saw this movie before I saw Metropolis. Um, and that movie is M. Oh, yeah. And if you have not seen M, and you think, old movies, they're not, they're not edgy, they're not dark, they, they, they're all cutesy pie with the, with the pleasant feelings, and the chaste kisses, and holding hands, they don't, they don't know the darkness of the soul, stupid, old, stupid son of movies. <laughs> First you. of all, you're a jerk. M, yeah. First of all, you're a jerk. Second of all, M. Let's put it. Okay, let's just put it this way. M features Peter Lorre. Peter Lorre is a child murderer. <laughs> what more do you want? And not just any kind of child murderer, but a deeply disturbed child murderer. In fact, I think this movie is his introduction to the movie world. Yeah. Um, he made this before he came to the United States. And um, basically, it is a dark, a dark, deeply disturbing film um, that isn't just about child murder, but about um, vigilante justice. And um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give away what happens in the film. I, I, I will not, I won't give away because I want people to go out and find it. But the once again, the cinematography is there. Um, this is not nearly as much of a German expressionist film as, say, Metropolis was, or. Uh, uh, the movie that you just uh, the yeah I want to say the last, the last laugh, laugh yeah. uh, it's not the last laugh yeah. um, but it and it's more of a straightforward kind of of uh, narrative storytelling there's not a there's not a bunch of metaphor or anything like that but it is strong storytelling and you're kind of like holy cow they're telling me this story <laughs> way back then this is our, and and Peter Lorre is the central character. It's not like it's not like um, he's a side character. And we discover it's Peter Laurie. This is literally about a dude who does this and gets chased down. And the reason why I'll, I will give you this much: the reason why um, it's called M is because someone marks in chalk on his coat the letter right. M for murder. And bad things happen, and uh, it leaves you feeling weird and funny at the end. <laughs> Like you don't know how to yep, feel. That's pretty much it. And that's that's one of my favorite things to do to come out of a movie and not know how I feel because the movie ain't gonna tell you how to feel. So uh M, Fritz Lang, Peter Lorre. Getting it <laughs> Just on shut up and watch cinematically. It. Just yeah. Doing a cinematic make out all over oh, your eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it is hard to be funny when your head hurts yeah. this bad, Steve. I'm sorry. Hey, you pulled it together though. You really? You, no, I didn't. Oh. I just implied that Peter Loy and Fritz Lang made out on your eyeballs. Oh, but that's comedy gold. I guess if you say so. <laughs> you poor thing. Okay, so that's it. Um, no more movies. Movies are all done. <laughs> I'm, I'm petitioning the government. Goodbye, movies. <laughs> Hope you liked movies. We're going back to the zoetrope. <laughs> I'm, I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you agree with us? 
do you disagree with us? Are you like I have? I don't care what that old man with the headache says. I ain't never seeing Metropolis. No way, no how. Fine. You can you can let us know. Go to the comment section on SoundCloud and write that. Right. Hey, old man, shut up. I don't need to watch your stupid old black and white movies. I got 3D. I got 3D IMAX. I got 3D IMAX where guys punch each other in the face for two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> if, that you, if that's your bag, man, awesome. Well, I'll just keep my Metropolis for me. I'm like Rotwang. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in love with Metropolis, and I'm going to make a big yeah. bust out of Metropolis. Yeah, you have a great big... And then I'm going to make a robot and turn it into Metropolis and fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Right in the heart machine. <laughs> oh, well, awful. it's got to happen somewhere. I don't know. Where... Uh, here's something that occurred to me. How many of those dudes got it on with Robo Maria? Oh, yeah. In the ten days that Freighter was having his melancholy freak Yeah, out. that's true. She seemed rather liberated. Oh, uh, just a little <laughs> bit. Dudes were shooting themselves, <laughs> over, shooting each other over her. Yeah. And you know what? I kind of understand <laughs> yeah, why, because wowie wow. I'm not saying it was the right thing to do. I'm just saying I get it. I dig, I grok what you are saying. <laughs> I grok what man. you are saying. <laughs> But, I mean, I, I really wish there had been a scene where all of those lecherous guys who were, like, all eyeballs when they first saw Maria, and then when she turned back into a robot when they were burning her, <laughs> I just wanted them to all just, just just start throwing up or chopping their dicks <laughs> off. Yes. Like, what have we oh, done? Because, you know, in this movie, it would have been the most overwrought reaction possible. Oh, yeah, it really would have. They would have been <laughs> grabbing their groins. They would have been, like, pulling their eyeballs out of their own skulls. Hand to the oh. forehead, grabbing their groin. Oh. <laughs> Running directly into the pyre. Yes. That changed her. Uh, too bad they didn't find that lost scene in the Argentinian cut. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's somewhere. That's the remaining 5%. Yeah, it's in, that, it, that it's is... in some Nazi's attic in South America somewhere. <laughs> I just watched the scene where they chopped the dicks off over and over again. <laughs> it's my favorite. Oh, God. The film quality is a little deteriorated. I'm sorry. It's a little choppy. I just rewind but, it know. and watch it over and over again. <laughs> uh, I think I'll transfer it to Blu-ray at some point, I suppose. <laughs> Then I'll loop it into a five-hour oh, master God. cut. Just want to do an A-B loop on just this part. Well, then I can finally die. <laughs> because I'm like 120 anyway. <laughs> How many fucking Nazis are there still walking around? <laughs> the loneliest one. The, lo That's how many the loneliest Nazi. That could be like a melancholy independent I have independent no one to talk to. <laughs> just watch... This five-minute clip from Metropolis. It's my only flying. Friedrich, the last Nazi. One day, Steve, I hope that we will be able to talk about Germans without ever bringing up Nazis. Me too. I, I, I hope so too, because that will mean that we have both lived to be about 500. <laughs> so I really hope so. Oh, the things All we'll right. see. All right. 
that's that's it. I would like to thank people for making suggestions for movies that we should see, and I am taking them under consideration, and I will talk to Steve about them right as soon as we're done with the podcast, because I don't think you guys want to hear us talk uh, or argue <laughs> or say that's a stupid idea. It gets really ugly, too. The arguments are just oh my brutal. God. It's a good thing there isn't a way to murder each other over the internet. <laughs> I'm looking into it on the deep web. I bet you are. Anyway, until next time, this has been Jason Hardy. And Steve Shives. You're supposed to quote and, the film, dude. Uh, okay. There's only one quote from the yeah, movie. Well, I, what I wanted to say, actually, was to all our listeners, be careful, be sure to eat a diet full of low lean fat uh, proteins and cut out the sodium because as you know the heart must be the mediator between the head and the hands thanks Steve that's that's all I've got it was a silent movie I'm sorry thanks Jack (laughs) Pellets believe it or not and we'll end there (laughs) bye everybody no I wasn't recording oh my god (laughs) Well, you've got my half. I'm totally joking.